Hey guys, back on Lip Fit Podcast. I've got Chantel today. Um, I'll let you introduce yourself and a bit about what you've done. Yeah, cool. Um, hi guys, I'm Chantel Baker. I am a mum of three um, who works in the industry, the fitness industry. I've been in the industry for 20 years now and I've done um, a little bit of variety of things. I started out as a professional dancer, danced all over the world in different contracts. Um, and then I moved into doing P- PT in Sydney. Um, and from there onwards, I moved on to competitive powerlifting. Um, from powerlifting, I moved on to CrossFit at a high level and have now recently, the last sort of five, six-ish years, have uh, moved on to doing uh, fitness competitions, um, bikini competitions. Cool, that's awesome. Um, one of the things you mentioned there is uh, you were a dancer when you were younger. Um, what age was that? Like, What age did you start dancing? So I started dancing at like age three. Um, my parents were really quite keen on me doing ballet and I started with that. Was that in South Africa? If you don't yes, so I grew yeah. up in South Africa, in Johannesburg. Um, so that started kind of just like any other little girl would uh, just classes um, weekly. Um, and then by age six, I was already doing quite a few competitions um, and a high level um, sort of dancing. And then very, not long after that, I was taken into a dance academy and um, started training uh, every day, three, four, five hours a day, um, and then moved on to it being a professional sort of um, career, even while I was still at school. Yeah, and that, was that like ballet? Was that type of... It went from ballet into Latin and ballroom, wow. um, predominantly Latin American, and then uh, on to anything that was needed. So yep. if a contract came up and it was um, sort of classical, we did classical, if it was ballroom and tango, we did that. So what was ever... Yep. whatever was needed yeah that's very cool like do you feel like that um now with the competitive side of you that's um you've learned a lot from those days like of how to be disciplined because uh, you know it's not an easy thing especially in mindset wise uh, i wouldn't know myself i'm not a dancer especially mm. in ballet but um <laughs> uh like the mindset behind being a ballet and going from the different dancing and being under so much pressure and you're traveling a lot of time too weren't you yeah that, yeah. Was, the, that was the largest part and um some of it was my mum and other times by myself the yeah, the biggest lesson learned, and I guess it's ingrained, it doesn't feel like a lesson now, it just feels like who I am, um, was the discipline um, factor. We didn't, it wasn't about motivation. I felt like, oh, I feel like doing it today. It was always, this is what I did. This was what my routine was. I danced Monday to Friday, had a day off from Saturday, Sunday was normally recovery day. And it was like that for as long as I remember. Um, And that's really sculpted the way I look at things now. I, I constantly need to be driven by a goal. I can't just do normal things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like having um, things to strive for. Yeah, 100%. Um, and you mentioned that you're a mum as well. So you're a mum of three. Um, and you're also working uh, as a personal trainer currently, mm-hmm. running your own business. Um, and you're prepping for bodybuilding fitness competitions. So yeah, that's a lot. Um, and like, I suppose now, like, with that discipline you learned back then, it's now just part of what you do, everything you do, you know, you're, you're a mum, you run your business, you, you do, um, you compete in competitions, that's yeah. just part of what you are, right? That's, yes. Yeah, that's really awesome, really fascinating. Um, so we spoke about some things that got you into when you were younger, did you play any other sports um, along the way? <laughs> no, and I think a lot of people would laugh if they did see me um, sort of throw a ball or catch a ball. I do have really quick reflexes but I I'm not particularly good at um, team sports or anything like that (laughs) and that's because a large majority of of the dancing required me not to do other sports so when I got to a little bit even in my teens I had to sign contracts so I wouldn't skate I wouldn't ride a bike in fact I didn't know how to ride a bike nothing that would jeopardize your body nothing that would jeopardize my body or even things like bruising for example I think you've got crossfit (laughs) (laughs) well that's very good I was being rebellious (laughs) (laughs) no I love it love it um, let's go on that. So um, you've been like weight training for, is it about 20 years or you've been? Definitely. Yep. So you've been in the gym for about 20 mm. years. Yep. Yep. Cool. And I suppose some people would look at you now, the way you're built and go, oh, how can I look like that next week? And they're like, oh, hang on. I've done this for 20 years. Like it's a, it's a lot of, it's like almost compounded, uh, compounded muscle, compounded interest being put into your body to actually build you to where you are and shape the way you look now. Right. Yeah. I think that um, we get better as we get older if we did, you know, have enough time to sculpt that muscle i i have people all the time say i want to have arms like you or you know i want to have abs like that and that that's all good and well but training so ages that's all good yeah okay cool. training age is a massive um a massive aspect to the way you look 
um, that mature muscle is, is beautiful really it's got density yeah. to it and got thickness to it so it's been a long time coming and I, I've only gotten started really yeah that's awesome 20 years in I mean just gotten started <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great um, cool so um, again I suppose this question will tie in but what made you um, start in the fitness, fitness industry as a personal trainer so once I stopped dancing um, so I moved to Australia um, and there was like 11 to 12 years ago and I was going to try and um, sort of pick up my career my dancing career and I just realized that I was I was done with it and I wanted to move on from that and I I was like I need to be physical I need to move um, I had done a nutrition side of, of the personal training in South Africa it was always an interest of mine but I wasn't ready yet to work with people on that level so I, I went and got my personal training sort of certification and I was very lucky to be taken in um, with the Virgin Active group. They took me on board even before I was qualified and groomed me. Um, and I spent two years there just doing course after course uh, and learning as much as I could about the industry before I even took clients on um, in my own business capacity. Yeah, very cool. And that, that was located here in Australia? Yeah, in, in Sydney. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, what was it called again? Virgin, uh, Virgin Active. Virgin, so they, Active, Virgin yeah. Active. So they have um, three or four of them. They have these incredible, huge, massive gyms. Um, that have all the state-of-the-art equipment in them. They, they're pretty awesome. Very cool, very cool. Um, what are some things you've learned along the way? Because how many years ago was that? It was... Gosh, so, so I moved 10, what, like 11, 12 years ago, um, and that was, gosh, now it's six more, seven, eight years ago. Well, okay, <laughs> it yeah. Feels, it feels so long ago now. So it's, um, it's a long time in the industry. Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah. So when I started um, there, it was all about learn you know I just want to get my first client and I want to coach them and very quickly turn to realizing that it's not as simple as that we you you're navigating different personalities different body types injuries um, different expectations goals um, and and now I guess the biggest thing I've learned coming along the way was that this is a people's business it's a business about knowing what your client wants what they need and not putting what you want and you need on top of them so if I if I was one thing I learned it was is that yeah I love that um what are some things uh again this ties in with uh, things you've learned along the way about how to deal with people and um work with personalities and work with expectations and goals of people what are some things you find you've had to unlearn along the way in the past seven years I am I'm (laughs) if you know me you would know that I I'm not super social I'm a little bit of a um an introvert um, I'm also very straightforward. So at first I thought that was the only way to go. Like, let's just tell people exactly what they need to hear. Um, <laughs> don't be around the bush. You um, feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that was, uh, unlearning that was, is, uh, is still, it's still something I'm working on, to be honest with you. But it's something that um, was super important because everybody, you know, move at a different level emotionally. So I've had to learn to go with whatever level they're on. Um, and even though I not, might, might not be extroverted, um, allowing them to be. Um, and if, if they were introverted, then that's all cool too. But that was, that was the biggest thing, is not ex- expecting them to understand what I was about. Um, and also, ex- you know, learning what they were about. Yeah, I love that how you're talking about how, um, you know, you, you classify yourself as an introvert, right? Mm-hmm. And you come into this industry that's so, um, you're expected to almost form into an extrovert about to reach people and get people to train with you did mm-hmm. you find you had to like go through a transitioning stage of that definitely I think you've hit the nail on the head I think for a little while there I thought that that's what I needed to do and I think I did do that very uh, an okay job at that but now I'm at this amazing place where my clientele understand me where they you know I love them they love me and it's just this wonderful balance of me being exactly who I need to need to be and what makes me feel comfortable but also giving them a little bit of of parts of me that I probably wouldn't have in the past. So I'm, I'm learning to be a little bit more um, warmer, a little bit more open, um, which has been big growth. Yes. Big growth. Yeah. You said big growth? Yeah. Like yeah. I feel yeah. like it's just been a personal growth. I thought growth. you said it was gross. Was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Um, another thing you mentioned there um, with being very direct you're very direct with people and I, I'm very much the same yes. and you do have to I suppose in a way you have to almost adapt to um, again different people's personalities and learning how to um, how to give people the message without breaking them 
Like, yeah. like break them like, you know, it might be physically just enough, but give them just enough of the, of the message without, you know, being so blunt. Do you find, do you find you had to go through something similar like that? 100%. I think when you start to understand that everybody, there's a reason why they're standing in front of you, you know, paying you money to, to, to take them through this journey. And if you can remember that and come from that point of view and going, okay, cool, we need to break down these little, these barriers slowly together and we're in it together and I think rather than this is what you need to do here's a list of things I now I, I, I call it a journey I'm like we're in this together let's hold hands I've got your back but I'm going to tell you when you're not doing what you need to do because you're not paying me this money to be wasting it I don't have any interest in that but in the same breath I'm not leaving you kicking you out and going go go do it you know we'll, we will do it together so I think that's that's the key element is um is doing it together yeah, I love that. Like, it is really, it is a team-building thing. It's mm. like a game of basketball, right? Um, you pass the ball to another player, pass it back to you, they pass it back, you take another shot. And, then like, you know, that, that aligns you to be able to hit those goals if, you, if you've got that, um, uh, I suppose, communication. Yeah. It's clear, which um, for some people and client-wise, because your main type of clientele would be mums or, like, the older... Um, like what's, your, what's your demographic in clientele? So this is an interesting one. I thought that's what it would be. And I do have a lot of mums. But I have badass women. So my my that, feet, yeah. they are badass. I've got yeah. females between, you know. Most mums are pretty badass. They I, are. I, I would rather fight a guy that coming out of prison than fight a mum. That's <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. And all mums are amazing. Like yeah. I tell you, like I just take my hat off to any woman that gets the time to get out and get trained, and train. But the women I have are are much like myself. Most of them, they are they are driven. Their goals um, are large, and they're not scared of them. Um, I have a lot of males these days too, and my most of my males are the same. They've got businesses and their their husbands and fathers, um, and they just want to be better. They want to be more than just that. Even though that's pretty bloody amazing, they're like, nah, it doesn't stop here. So I've got a cool demographic. They are a little bit older. I don't have very very many young girls um, or young boys at the moment. Um, uh, and so yeah, definitely between forty, I'd say forty and seventy is kind of my demographic. Yeah, and how do you find the um, communication? Do you find like that you had to adjust the way you communicate with that type of demographic compared to what you expected you'd get? Before, when I, especially before when I, was, when I wasn't a mum, it was a little trickier. Now that I'm a wife and a mother and a business owner, I just have to remember that even though theirs might be on a different scale, we're ultimately in the same boat. We do the same thing. So I think now I, 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 if I understand that they're time poor, they just want to get things done yeah. and i remember they want no though, yeah there's no yeah. They, they don't have time for that yeah, right? exactly. yeah. but in the same breath they're exhausted and yeah. sometimes they feel a little unheard or a little unsupported so that's really helped me those things if i keep those things in the key, in the back of my mind then we're sweet and i seem to give them what they need like i like that um you said you get some clients that feel like they're a little bit unheard or unsupported mm. in, in a way like as a personal trainer you do have a very personal relationship with your clients right and um you almost in a way become a therapist like you know not actual not actual therapist yeah. but you almost a half session can turn to a therapy session like it's like oh you know why um why didn't you eat you know this way this week everything comes out and like one question can trigger like 40 minutes of just like emotional um, backlash of like you know everything that's happened to them that week and yes, you're like oh my god <laughs> it's like not expecting that go get my popcorn and, just... <laughs> and it's a safe place right like yeah, I, exactly. the thing is my clients know they trust me they can trust me like what they share with me I can train a husband and wife team and not discuss they would never hear what the other one discussed if they were to discuss each other in the session. It's got to be a safe place. And look, sometimes it is quite heavy. And sometimes I do take it home with me, especially when it's people I care about. I care for all of them. So it can be quite intense when you're carrying some of their burdens with you. But I'm getting better at that. I'm getting better at going, okay, cool. This is their stuff. Let's listen to them. They just want to be heard sometimes. Um, I'm not there. They're not asking for advice. They're just asking, hey, I've had a shit day. Listen to this. Yeah. Um, it's not the worst job in the world to, to be there for someone and then leave it there don't take it home with you that's been the biggest <laughs> it's been a big learning curve that it, it really is like especially like especially when you um, you know it can keep you awake sometimes uh, your clients like especially at first for me because um, I'm so like you know go 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 got everything done like you know make sure everything's done and everything's ticked off or like you know this is my type of personality right and you get some clients that um, who you know might have an 
a company of 100 employees that they're thinking about um, and you're like you know why aren't they losing weight or why aren't they getting this and they're like this is like the last thing on their mind but you're also like how can you help them so you gotta, you gotta again manage your own expectations of how much you take on of each person yeah. as well like it's um yeah it's good. that's a big one I think there's gonna be personal young personal trainers out there that will feel the same feelings in the beginning if a client doesn't get results straight away or something goes doesn't go according to plan we do take it personally yeah. We want to give them results. That's important to us. A good right? one. A like, good coach does, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach, so you yeah. don't want them walking away, like not doing stuff that they they wanted to achieve. But, you know, life is not linear. So this is the yeah. thing. We just got to go on this journey and know when's the time to push and when the time is just to, just for a release for them to come train. Might not be a weight loss month, <laughs> yeah. but they're still training. They're still getting out. They're still doing their thing. Yeah, they're not getting. They're not getting worse exactly. than what they are. Like being able to maintain, um, which which really comes down to it, right? Is that yeah. being able to maintain a healthy lifestyle for the rest of their life, not just for four weeks every other month. Definitely. It's like, um, yeah, you might get a good month. You might not get a bad month. But if you, you know, if you if you just literally did nothing that yeah. whole year, you'd be worse off than you were last year, yeah. and that's. That's almost a message you gotta you gotta be able to um, help people out, especially when they got high expectations of themselves. <laughs> you know, um, you'd probably get it yourself. People would go, "I want to look like this." Well, in and twelve like, weeks, let's go. Yeah, yeah. like oh, yeah, um, uh, if you don't mind me saying, like you know, you sent me, you look in incredible shape. Yes, right? yes. And you sent me a photo today. And I yeah. get this every at least once. Okay, probably not once every day, but a few times a week, I'll get a female send me, "Oh, I found this girl on Instagram. I want to look like that." I'm like that. That's great, but you know what she did when she first started. She sent me before photo. She would have sent before photos to her coach of how she looked, and every week her coach would have said, "We're going to try better that mm-hmm. every week until she got to that." And now she's a girl. Other girls don't look like you can be that too. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta just gotta keep comparing yourself to you because you, at the end of the day, you're, you know, you might be a similar in shape or size, but your your own genetic makeup and tissue and biology, like everything's going to look a little bit different on you because you're you. Um, I think yeah. you hit the nail on the head because this is the thing. Even myself, a seasoned competitor. I get into those mindsets too. So people think that we're freaks and we're different, right? But we think the same thing. We have fat days and days where we're like, coach, I want to look like this. Yeah. Make me this. We all have those moments, right? And you, your response to me was perfect. Nah, that's not what we're doing. Yeah. We're just going to, we're going to keep making you better yeah. and see where you end up. Yeah, that's uh, that's such a such a big thing for me is the photos, like just being able to go, because you know, if you're, if you're training with someone for a uh, year, let's put it a year, and you, you've got photos, might not be every week, might be every second week, but from that first photo and that light, you know, from 50 weeks later, that, that photo there, yeah, there's gonna be some tremendous difference. Okay. I, I love I love seeing that in, um, in people, and you become idols to other, other people, really. It's exciting. Which is really cool. Um, let's go on some things. So, um, we're gonna talk about some things that you've unlearned. Um, What's some what's some big uh, I suppose like along your way you've had you've had a lot of success in what you've done but there's also been a lot of hard times with injuries and um, things like that would you like to touch on any of that Yeah I mean I've definitely had a lot of success and like I touch something and I take it I make it my own and but that doesn't happen obviously perfectly like I said about the whole linear thing and I did have a, a severe back injury um, which shocked me because I didn't think that anything could happen to me. thought you were invincible. <laughs> I was invincible. Um, but I turned, you know, I was over 30 now and my body had started to break down from the dancing. So I think that was the biggest um, takeaway point is people are like, oh, what did it? Nothing did it. it. I was over 30. I already had just a generation already. And um, then I was crossfitting pretty hard. And I'm not saying it was crossfit. But um, I was pushing, going, the, body I was pushing was, the body to yeah. ne- next levels. I did two competitions and in one week really, in seven days, two massive competitions, three days of competitions. And um, my body had enough. And so I had um, a disc bulge, herniation, whatever you want to call it, and it was so bad that um, it just looked like a mess on an MRI. So we decided- you Couldn't to, read what was going on? Yeah, I couldn't read where, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, it was just a mess. Um, and we had it done twice, so we could see that it was just getting worse. And I was in pain for, 12 months Jesus, oh, a long yeah, time. It was, yeah it was it was a horrible time I was dragging my foot along I had no sensation my foot eventually and, and, and it got to a point where I couldn't go to the toilet properly oh, so gosh. we decided that it was time to have some surgery and so best decision I ever made I was pain free straight away which blew my mind um, and then the rehab process started and that was the this has been the turning point for me that happened now just over a year ago and I feel like that moment has 
changed my physique because I'm now working on things that I never would have in a capacity that I never, I'm stronger now, to be honest. So I can't wait to see what happens in the next three, four, five years. That's, that's really interesting that you touched on that um, and you talk about that because you know, you're know you at a point where you come to a crossroad where your body was um, starting to almost draw back from years of performing, almost over-performing, right? That's what you gotta do when you're on stage or when you're competing with anything. You gotta, you gotta, it's 120%, you can't just do 100% of anything. And then it gets to a point where your body's like, oh, I'm gonna start pulling back from that and you're still trying to give 120%. Mm. And then you notice little cracks in you know, the surface or things flaring up like your back, for example. Um, and that got to a point where you had to draw a line where you had to go, all right, I have to, like, this has got too much. Like, I have to get help from uh, a medical professional. Do you, have, do you have anyone you'd recommend seeing for people that are listening that are going through something similar? Oh, I've got a team of people, um, really. So as far as a physiotherapist is concerned, um, Olivia. I don't even know what Olivia's last name is. Strina. That's it. Olivia Strina, um, yeah. Liv was a big turning point for me as far as glute development was concerned um, and helping me, rec- like as far as just getting my glutes to fire up and do what they need to do. Um, I saw... Jess from Pursuit Physiotherapy right in the beginning and she she actually helped take off get me out of pain I was in so much pain at the time and she she implemented strategies that I would take that I actually use with my clients now activation um, strategies activation yep. strategies incredible and um, you know really important things like clam shells and we do them I do them every day twice a day now they will be part of my routine for the rest of my life yeah and I wish more people understood that that part of um of training yeah it's got to be something you can do almost you know every day every week for to die exactly yeah. i'm trying to remember what the surgeon's name was um and he was un- unbelievable and when i saw him it will come to me during the session at some point but he um he's like why did you wait this long he's like the kind of person because you're so active and you've got this lifestyle and you're a mum. I would have fixed this for a very long time ago and he's i'm not pro-surgery but in this case i am so yeah. and then you know i've been working so his name was Dr. Stephen B. Lewis, for anybody that's ever looking for a good neurosurgeon. He's, he's, um, he's the balm. Um, and obviously I've been working with UCASH, so we've been you know, working on um, some symmetry stuff. And I feel like it takes a team of people that help sort of build a good base to go from a bad yeah. injury. You've been and, able to trust multiple yeah. people and um, been able to, and again, you're open with communication with that with me, like other things you're doing. Like yeah. that, that's such a, an important thing in a team because it, I suppose in this industry, there's a lot of egos of people like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't see him or you shouldn't train with that person yeah. or you shouldn't see her. And it's like, well, there's a little bit you can add to the bigger picture. Um, and if and I think if more coaches realize that, they can help people Go so to different much people. More. Go to different people, yeah. see different types of styles. There's nothing wrong with going for, to one person to train, you know, yeah. you hamstrings and Most going to a lifting coach yeah. just for lifting there's nothing wrong with that it's just like going from McDonald's to Hungry Jacks isn't it? Yes. the communication is key if you don't yeah. tell them then they don't know what you're doing in the sidelines and they can't all work together to the same sort of end goal yeah mm. no, that's really cool um, yeah again like uh, you said you're, um, you're you said you weren't pro-surgery at one stage I thought that surgery you know a lot of physiotherapists tell you that you know, surgery is not necessary. And I, and I agree with them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a pro go and get some surgery straight away. And the, we all know with a disc bulge, it can rectify itself. But I was in pain for 12 months. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Come on. Like, that, and, that shows and, look, how I'm going to be honest with you. you it's because of my lifestyle. I, I had a son with special needs that needed to be carried. I had a baby. He was still like one, one and a half, two years old somewhere around that age that needed to be picked up nappies changed i didn't have the lifestyle as a personal trainer yeah. have a lifestyle that so carried groceries inside yeah. well, just no. little everyday things couldn't that, do it yeah so in order for me and it wasn't just about training the training trust me i i did everything i needed to do recovery wise i didn't train for the way i needed to for a long time i just rehabbed and walked mentally as well like a, oh, especially if you're used to that you're as an like, athlete <laughs> yeah 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 but i did it and it was just, yeah, just being pain-free was the key. So I'm not pro-surgery unless it's really necessary. But sometimes we just need to bite the bullet and see a professional that understands what would be the right move for you. And you touched on the surgeon that you... Uh, you spoke about the surgeon that you've seen. Um, and you actually 
you had a really good conversation with him, right? And you, you felt like that was the right person to go see. And I think that's so important too, is, um, you know, if you're not happy with the person you're sitting in front of that's about to cut you open, yeah. find someone else. Like, you can go see someone else. There's, there's so many surgeons out there that is so, uh, I wouldn't know personally, but it'd be like any industry, I suppose, there's, there's, there's that minor few really, really top tier ones. And if you can find one of those. Oh, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> A funny story about him is that Ryan, uh, my husband, is a pilot, and so he had a he'd done his back years prior, or just a year prior, really. And so, because of his job, he needed to get it fixed. So he did go and see. He made an appointment with this doctor. He had a referral to go and see this doctor, who had great reviews. Couldn't get into him, and then um, he said, Ryan wrote him an email and said, "This is my job. I, if I don't do this and I don't get better, I can't go back to work." And he got right in, like almost straight away. And then when I wrote to him and said, this is what's happened to me, and he knew I was Ryan's wife, he pushed me in, you know, ahead of the waiting list. So, um, and in the same breath, our, mother, our mother's gone to see him as well, and he's not wanted to go and do, you know, a huge operation on her. So, yeah, he's a, he's a good man. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. And, that, you know, it's just about finding people who know their shit, and, um, again, being able to trust them as yep. well. Yeah. Love that. Um, all right, let's let's touch, bring it back around to um, PT. So, uh, what what are some things you love about this industry, and what are some things you dislike about this industry? So I love, I love the 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 seeing someone for the first time and having that tentative conversation, um, where you don't know where it's going to go. They're not sure what they're going to you know getting themselves into. To the time afterwards, whether it's years or months or weeks, and watching them grow as as a person. Um, that excites me. I've had long-term clients, people I've had for 12 months, two years, um, that have lost 30, 40, 50, you know, kilos, but more so than the weight, just see their relationship with food change. They're um, able to live a normal life. It's not all about being extreme. So that aspect of the industry I love. I love it. There's a lot of um, information out there. Um, if you want to learn, it's there for you to take. Um, I like that in our little suburb or our little area, we have a lot of the PTs support each other. Um, there's a little bit, there's not, there's not as much ego where we are, I feel, and I feel like, you know, people feel like they're not right for that particular client, they'll send them to someone else, which I really like. Um, yeah, that might come down to the abundance in the area too, right? There, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, there's it's, PTs it's, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's less, less PTs can survive the type of clientele. <laughs> but, uh, but everyone's busy and everyone's yeah, got yeah. their own niche, which I think is awesome. So if I've got a client that I don't think was right for me, I'd be like, go and see this person. Yep. But I love that about that part of the industry, the, the never never stopping, always learning and evolving. Yeah. Um, the parts I dislike, I can give you a list of 300, but the biggest yeah, part... go for it. You've got time. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest part for me at the moment is the get skinny fast, um, do keto, do low carb, buy this, eat this food, train this way, CrossFit's crap, CrossFit's wonderful. I just feel like everything's pigeonholed a little bit at times, and I, I hate that because... There is no bloody one one size fits all at all. So true. And and if you spoke to anybody off the street that was trying to get fit, most people, 90% of the time, you say to them, what do you think you need to do to lose the weight? They'll go, I need to cut off my carbs and I need to go for an extra run um, because walking is not enough. And um, if I lift too much weights, it will make me bulky. And I still get that. I'll get a client come through the doors and they'll go, "Um, don't take this the wrong way. I want to get slim. I want to get toned. toned is the big word and yep. but I don't want to look like you every time and then I'm like okay cool so yeah you you kind of fighting this a that's a bit insulting to my body but b my god you're never going to look like this like I yep. I eat in a surplus of times I've trained like this for 20 years like yep. it's different so I think the way sometimes and if you opened up a magazine a cosmopolitan it'd probably say you know 10 ways to lose to belly lose fat belly or, fat or, or you know how to target your hip what's that, that thing that hip like there's a new hip thing. Fly or is it, oh, the the dimple. The tip dip, yeah, the hip, yeah, uh, whatever oh, that is. Okay, that's is that that must have, okay. Oh. Yeah, I've had a few girls in the last few weeks ask me about that. Like, how do I oh, how do I get that? I'm like, just no. don't be fat. No. They're like, <laughs> but what? Like, they're like, but isn't there an exercise? Like, no, well, yeah, there's exercise, but don't just stop eating like an idiot, and you'll and, see that muscle come through. And and they're yeah, like, huh? One hundred percent. And the biggest one idea is that sometimes our hips are different. Like, yes, we don't yeah, all have the same shape. Yep. Hundred percent. So I. I hate that. I still can. You don't. You can't go on Instagram without seeing somebody post a, a buy my my low carb meal plan. Yes. And I'm like, do you realize that low that carbohydrates 
fuels our brain, fuels our sleep. Like, yeah, what are you athlete, doing? Like, what are you well, even as a human being, I wonder you. The mental health issues are on a rise. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent now. No, go for like, it. Shoot mental for health doesn't, you know, issues are on a rise because people don't understand how hormones work. They don't understand how our hypothalamus works, and that the brain consists of needing protein and carbohydrates. It doesn't just work, work on fats. It can't be in ketone. In order to be in keto, it's very bloody specific. So that does my head in the most. Drink some MCT oil. It will make you, you know, it's just drink another 200 calories. Like I just, or low calories. Women, I still fight this with my female clients. I probably only have 20% of my clients that actually really embrace reverse dieting, eating more calories. Most of them struggle to eat 1,200 calories a day. And because I think they're not willing to spend six months eating more food for the greater good. Yeah. So most of my my issues with um with the industry is the pigeonhole thing because I've done CrossFit people's and, agenda, agendas on things as well yeah I've yeah. done CrossFit and have looked amazing and have stayed relatively injury injury free when I wasn't doing it highly competitive it's an amazing amazing place amazing feel community amazing community oh so good so yeah. the people that I hate on that it annoys me I've also done predominantly only powerlifting and I bloody love that and I also hate the people that think that that's not enough and then I hate you know I just think that it's don't pigeonhole anything because then you're just close-minded like all of it's got its place and it's different for everybody you know um so between that and the low calorie thing i think those are my two worst let's go let's go dive into some of that so yeah. um you're talking about how people pigeonhole things right mm. and that might come down to people feeling like they need to fit into a crowd mm. they need to fit into mm. a, a costume of what others or their friend groups or their peers think is okay um and you know if there's one message i give to people is just embrace individuality in the whole of everything like um you know I'll go and go as a guy in school right it was like oh do you like holdings on fours i'm like i'm like both like oh you can't like both i'm like well they're both good cars like yeah. you know and the same thing is like oh, do you like powerlifting or do you like um uh you know olympic weightlifting and i'm like well i think both are pretty cool like oh what <laughs> it's, it's very um again keto or high carb and yeah if you if you're getting your advice from someone's instagram handle that's um uh, keto Sally or low carb Dave, um, then they might have um, hidden agendas on what yeah. they're actually telling you. And it might be misinformed. So, you know, to take a little bit from everyone and find out what your body responds to best, um, because you can really, like you said, like it takes a team to build a body. It also takes a team of knowledge to understand your own body. So, um, you know, take little bits from everywhere to to help build that bigger picture and don't don't close off. Yeah. One thing, just because someone or your peers say, oh, that's not good, you should just only do that. Um, yeah, and yeah, there is unfortunately a lot of that, right? So yeah. I think you've, I think the way you've just described that was, was really good because it is that. It's a teat of things. And, well, if you want to be in one, if you just want to do CrossFit, you just, it's fine, do it. Yeah. Um, do no it works for you. I don't care yeah. if you want to do that. Like, if yeah. I have clients that come to me and say that I don't want to do this particular type of training I'm like that's cool we're not the right fit then there's a better person for you for that kind of thing yep. what I do is this because I'm this is my most of my knowledge is based around this stuff yep. um, this is what I'm passionate about you'd be giving them a disservice if you were teaching them something you didn't know enough about right? no I'm yep. not going to be doing I, I do CrossFit I've done the CrossFit certification I've done it at a high level I don't coach CrossFit I don't because I can't do butterfly pull-ups and I can't do 20,000 muscle ups in a row so that I'm not going to coach it doesn't yep. make sense for me to do so so it's just yeah I, I yeah that's yeah <laughs> I could go on and on about this topic yeah. it's a very interesting yeah, one. No, it is it really is um uh there's a good analogy that um I had Jack uh Zbilaki, I think is how I say his name on and he his analogy was um you know you you and your friend might go to subway um he might get a uh, tuna sub and you might get a chicken sub and you he might look at yours and go that stinks you might look at his and go that stinks um but you can both eat it and the smell eventually go away yeah right and you can still be friends um but he said what he hates is when people try to shove their foot long down his throat um take that any way you want um, <laughs> <laughs> he said like you know you can have your sub just don't try to shove it down my throat like um you know i'll eat mine in peace and yeah, that that really is comes down to you know finding out what works for you what makes you happy um for some people that is a very individualized thing and um yeah run with it because whatever and this is this is how i explain it to people when they go oh what's best i'm like literally whatever you can do that will put a smile on your face every time you do it 
exercise-wise. If you're doing something you hate every day and you're looking over what other people are doing and go, oh, I should do this, or you try to switch back, it's like, just do something that makes you happy. Mm. For some people, it's just going for a walk, right? Yeah. It's just doing something relaxing or brings down the mind, or it could be, you know, for the A-type personalities, it could be something that just makes you feel like you're about to vomit every time. That makes you smile, so yeah. everyone's different. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, not everyone likes lifting weights, unfortunately, and that's that's, that's okay too. Yeah. Uh, so, it's, yeah, it's, it's what puts a smile on your face is, is the key there. Uh, I just, the food side of things is probably the one that's probably the most tricky though, because I think we're, we're gonna be battling this low calorie thing for a long time. Um, and how many women still, especially women, I'm not saying if men don't, but mostly women still think that low calories are the only way to get the results they need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, again, that's something I hear a lot is, um, oh, why are you giving me so many calories? I'm like, because you've been doing that for two years and you're still fat. So there's clearly something you're doing, like you're, you might be eating, you know, low calories here and there. Or I could, be, I could ask, are you tracking how much you're eating? No, I'm guessing. So you think you're eating a thousand calories? Should we just go through what you ate today? And then we get to breakfast and it's like 1500 calories. Like, oh. <laughs> so I'll sit there with my clients and go, they're like, oh, I don't believe in tracking. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, exactly that. You know, they might say 1200 calories. I'm like, okay. Um, cool, let's go with what you ate yesterday, I'll do it with you, show you how easy it is and map it up and you know, you get to the day, it's 3,000 carriers, like, oh, that makes so much sense now. <laughs> I'm like, yes, <laughs> so this is why we go on track. It's yeah. like, um, yeah, a lot of people have that stigma around tracking, I suppose, because you know as an athlete, right, yeah. uh, how important it is to, um, if you want to fine tune, you have to, you have to literally, like, calorie by calorie, it's not, you know, it can't be out by 1,000 calories, as everything's No, even 50, up. unfortunately, when you get to those sort of um those crucial weeks is yeah. everything yeah 100 it really is like um um building a rocket ship in yeah. the body uh, you know it could be you could a measurement could be up by a mill and that's when things are going to go wrong you gotta you gotta keep it and um, that's the other yeah. aspect people that do come to me and want to do what i do or wants to be a, a fit like even just that's how i want to be like in you. shape but they don't yeah. want to do the stage they, yeah. yeah yeah and yeah, i'm like even lot. to get close to that is discipline you can't wake up tomorrow and it's go hormonal job. now and yeah. I now don't feel like tracking today and I'm just going to eat whatever I feel like because I feel it's just such a um, it's such a mind of a matter thing it is such a well thought process where when we work out our calories even if we're trying to save calories for a special lunch everything's thought about because and I try and explain this to my clients they're like oh but I want to have drinks to Thursday night and then I want to have you know I've got my husband's 50th next week and I th- I'm still trying to lose 10 kilos. And I'm like, well, you can't. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, sorry. They'll put you back another six months. We so can flexible diet. But yeah. if you go and put on weight this weekend, two kilos, because that's what ends up happening, it's going to take you two weeks to get off. Yeah. You just lost two weeks. Now, I've got no problem with that. But just know what you're dealing with. Yeah. Like, this is the, what to do what we do as, as athletes every week to lose 200 grams, 300 grams, or just fat, whatever we're doing, whatever the goal is. We can't afford to mess up a week. Can't yeah. afford to lose a week. A week is everything. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I give people, um, you know, people talking about cheat meals and things like that. Personally, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the word cheat meal, even though I'll use it like you know, cheat food or whatever you want to call yeah. it. But um, it, it does, it does insinuate that mind frame that's okay to cheat on something, right? And I said, oh, if you're in a relationship, um, you can't just go have a cheat Saturday. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna fuck up your whole life. <laughs> so why why would you do that with food and you know jeopardize the work you're doing with your coach like that's all that work and, and time and money you've invested same like relationship like don't cheat on your food you can treat it, if you treat it like a relationship that you care about you're gonna you're gonna um take it more seriously right mm. yeah these are the changes they, ha- they don't happen overnight though they they behavioral changes right they oh happen- they take time yeah, yeah. so this yeah. is what you teach yourself if you just yeah. say to yourself like i'm a natural um, flexible diet I, I have been my whole life but I, I taught myself that somewhere along the line when I was younger like I will if I'm having a burger I don't have the chips and I won't have the dessert like I've always been like that I will have a beautiful burger and I'll enjoy that burger but I won't also have the, the, everything that goes with it and so if I'm having chocolate that's cool but I'm only having two rows or whatever I'm having it's just bloody moderation you yep. don't need the whole enchilada you don't need yeah. 2,000 calories in one meal unless you guys are bulking which yeah, 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 unless you, you're, you know, you're in a surplus, right? <laughs> you're in a like, surplus, and it's yeah, awesome. Yeah, exactly. But your digestion takes a hit. You know, guys know what it's like. Like, yeah. the men I know that are trying to put on some size, their digestion is like, they're gassy, they're uncomfortable. Yeah. That's hard too. 
You know, yeah. you think dieting is hard. You try being in a surplus. Yeah, and at the bottom of a squat. You said all your Mexican. Yeah, I don't want to be there. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, Chantal, let's touch on some uh, some cool things about. Um, so, what got you into uh, fitness competitions? And what do you love about it? And what have been some challenges along the way? So you're currently in the WBFF, as That's you said. It, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I, oh gosh, so I was just training as a CrossFitter um, in Sydney. And um, I came across this woman called Jess Murphy. She's a legend in the bodybuilding industry. And she, um, she suggested that I'd be a good bodybuilder. I had quite a bit of muscle mass already from sort of dancing. And I, uh, you know, never really considered it. And I was like, oh, yeah. So we prepped, I had eight weeks to get ready and prepped and I got on stage and I think there was like 200 girls and I came top four for that and I was like, oh, I can do this. This is kind of fun. This is like, I like the discipline, I like the training and that kind of got me started in sort of fitness competitions. I knew I was done with competitive CrossFit and all that kind of stuff so I knew this would be a new little goal that I could do and it was for me. I didn't need a team um, and I enjoyed the stage part to a certain degree because it's a from my dancing career it was a persona we put on so you kind of got up you put your hair and makeup on because a normal day in life I have glasses on no makeup I'm in my trackies half the time I don't look anything like I look like when I'm on stage I quite like the fact that they're two separate personalities um, so that's what got me started and then I did a few competitions I got I've got two pro cards in two different federations um, one in South African Federation but I never really felt truly satisfied until I did the WBFF competition and the reason for that is because the atmosphere was just through the roof and I guess the competition was just next level there was hundreds of women that looked like like I just can't even explain to you they were just out of control muscle beauty um, they were all squatting over 100 kilos they were just that's the kind of that's my my jam very See, strong, oh, female. strong yeah. females yeah. and um, business owners mothers the over 35 category is off the hook you know, those women are just out of control. So um, last year, I did my first um, WBFF competition as a bikini um, competitor because my coach back then, we were just, the girls are so much bigger and stronger looking and I'm quite a little person um, and we decided I'd do bikini. And I came third uh, over out of many, many, many girls, but my feedback was to get into fitness. So this year you need that sometimes you need to be able to you know get that feedback from the judges and know where you stand with them 100 um, yeah and so that they, gives you they tell you this is what you have to be and my yeah. feedback was super clear we you're great everything was wonderful but you're way too lean and muscly for this uh, sort of division so go to fitness we think you'll do really well so that's been my goal now for 2020 um even though <laughs> it's kind of all taken a back back seat with um COVID. So I was supposed to compete in you May. You stop pushing though. Yeah, no, 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 no. I don't no. never stop pushing. So luckily, WBFF has done these online virtual competitions and um, they've kept us sort of motivated because I don't like having a very fat or sort of unconditioned off-season. It's too hard to get rid of all the fat. Um, so I've had done one already. I came fourth overall out of girls all over the world. And then I've just done one today, actually. Um, and we'll see how we go for that. Awesome. And then the next one is in November. November. So it's been pushed yep. November and that's what we stayed. They'll definitely be on stage in the Gold Coast and um you know, I'm really, really excited to see what I can bring. Yeah, me too. I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm very, very excited to see. Um yeah. <laughs> Love it. So what have been um so it's been about a year now with WBFF. Yes. Um what are some things you've learned along the way and um what are some things that you're gonna take into your next um prep? So now you asked me as well, what I love about this sort of um, industry. Um, the, being an introvert, weirdly enough, I love the community of the fitness industry and WBFF especially. The women, like even today I posted, um, you know, a couple of photos or whatever, and the pros all over the world have messaged me. They've shared my photos. They have, um, you know, tagged me and things like that. There's, there's quite a, a woman power feel amongst this industry, the, the women uh, kind of uplift each other. I'm sure there is jealousy, don't get me wrong, but it, you don't feel it. I don't get that, that, that vibe at all. Like you'll be backstage and they're looking at you going, oh my God, you look amazing. Um, so that's what I love about the industry right now. And that we're flexible dieting. We're not doing old school bodybuilding stuff anymore. You know, there, there are a lot of natural competitors. It's 
it's different to what it used to be, okay? Yeah. So WBFF, the thing I love is that it's more fashion. The bikinis are more embellished. They're over the top. We have long hair, high heels that are not quite like the, um, the clear ones that they use in some of the other federations. Um, massive production, huge, huge production with theme wear and all kinds of other stuff. Um, and I absolutely love that part of it. What I learned is that it is very much a full package. Your body is not enough. Yeah, it's cool. You look great. You're shredded. Wonderful. But they are looking for that X factor, someone who's got the personality and is beautifully groomed and, you know, is, is a good role model for other women. Um, so it's really, is they don't want people, you know, people that are trash talking on Instagram and uh, negative role models and half naked and stuff like that. It's very much about being a lady as if you're a female. Um, and about being a gentleman if you're a man. So uh, I love, love, love that. So that's what I've learned the most is, um, is showcase your personality, keep it classy, <laughs> and remember that it's, it, I think it's like 40% that's, pres- that's your overall appearance. Wow, yeah. It's a huge mark. Um, so the way you present yourself as a package is super important. It's not just about your glutes. That's great. Like um, Previous to this conversation, mm-hmm. I didn't know much about the other federations of bodybuilding other than uh, ones we have here in Perth, right? Yeah. Um, but my opinion on WBFF was that it was, um, similar to what you said, very female empowering. Like, And now you mentioned that about how it's very, um, I suppose the word would be, oh, like, uh, it's correct word, but over the top in the way of um, uh, outfits and fashion, right? It's, it's uh, really showcasing everything you can put on presentation as possible, right? Um, which would work so well for people like yourself that, uh, you, know, um, you know, your usual outfits, just no makeup, hair tied up, trackies, awesome. singlet, whatever, right? You get to switch between that lifestyle and lifestyle just like the total opposite of full on, like pedal to the floor um, um, in parents, right? So that, I understand that now more, how that's so, so attractive to females who literally just, you know, their everyday life is just them and they get to just cross over into that um, it's different like Clark world. Clark Kenty, you know, it's like Bruce yeah. Superman And the other aspect is Clark. Like, it's Clark Kent, right? Is that his Clark name? Kenty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Clark Kenty. <laughs> <laughs> Female yeah. version of Superman. Actually, yeah, he would, he would, he would suit that. You um, know, so glasses yeah. and the next one. But another thing that really stood out to me is that not everybody on stage was super lean or super comp ready. But everybody was beautiful like they celebrate all types of bodies body shapes and sizes yeah. like they have a transformation category there's people that have lost 60 70 80 kilos wow. yeah. with amazing stories people that have had cancer and all kinds of stuff like that but like i said not everybody's lean there is a there is the two percenters the people who the one and two percent people that are ridiculous next level right and then there's a whole lot of hundreds of other women and men that are just celebrating their bodies yeah how bloody good is that just feeling good to get there That's get it. Every hour. Yeah. yeah, love it. It's awesome. I love that. Yeah, that really is. Um, that really does showcase um, how important it is for body image to have those sort of role models on social media, um, especially in this day and age. Because, like, you know, when you were younger, you probably you didn't have the Instagram page to look at. You didn't have the Facebook. You had the Cosmo. Um, what sort of magazine? Did you have yeah, the I magazine? Yeah, like it was like Cosmopolitan and those sort of things, wasn't like, it? Like, um, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember I back then. Them. I was a whole different. Like, a, my lifestyle was completely different. But back then, I remember I've always had a bit of a bigger body, like a bigger, bigger bum. I'm African. It's kind of my body shape. Yeah. And I used to wear a a, a, um, a jumper around my waist because it's not what it was not was cool normal. then. Yeah, Having yeah. a big bum was not cool then. A yeah. wi- you know, it was just a wide hip sort of setting was was not you need to be slim very skinny and and things like that and now like you know now we can be as big booty as we want to be you know like i love that yeah you know that's what i'm excited for my daughter to see that and you know hopefully we can shade her a bit from or teach her the 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 low calorie stuff i was mentioning earlier how to filter out bullshit oh really that's all it is like so much like that's that's what uh, again you're 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 older and wiser than me in that sense is the amount of bullshit you have to filter out in life because you know, what you're probably caring about today probably won't matter in five years. What you care about today, you know, tomorrow probably won't matter in a year from now even. So you can just filter it through the crap. That'd be great. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Easier just, said than done sometimes, right? I understand. If anybody's <laughs> listening to us, there's this Calm, it's called the Calm app and there is a Matthew McConaughey um, one on there. He does a, it's called a Sleep Story. So it's, it's basically a meditation app. He does a story 
that you can fall asleep to. So it's Matt McConaughey and his voice and he tells, but actually there's a really cool part in this little talks about... I don't know if I could listen to him need... while I fall asleep. Oh, it's perfect. It's perfection, <laughs> yeah, yeah. let me tell you. <laughs> Girls, get on that. Um, he's, he talks Poor about... Poor Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> <learn> the accent. <laughs> he's like, hello there. <laughs> so good. Anyway, and a part of that he talks about being in the now and I know that it's not it's indirectly related to what you're just saying but like he talks about like that not the present and the past or whatever but dealing with what you've got right now and filtering through mm. that yeah 100%. Um, and it really resonated with me so yeah if you're listening to this go and listen to Matthew McConaughey <laughs> <laughs> or, or you're laying in bed at night All right. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine me doing that it'll probably turn me off um, anyway um, I like that we, uh, what you're talking about there with the um, focusing on the now right because if you, if you treat your brain like a shopping basket um, you've got all the ingredients you need for right then at that present moment in time you've got shit left over there from yesterday you know leftovers and you got your future list of stuff that's going in too so eventually something's going to overfill mm. um, and if you've got too much stuff left over from yesterday and too much stuff to worry about for tomorrow mm. you're not focusing on what you've got right in front of you right and yeah. you don't have enough room for that in yeah. there so you lose sight of what you're actually trying to achieve right there which really is just being like just being. It, this is yeah. what human being not human doing right we, yeah. we are here to be um, be like yeah if only we could do that easily but yeah yeah, you spot on. We should. We need to do it more. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, let's sign up. So it's about um, just under an hour. We've been talking. Believe it really? or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, let's sign up with uh, what's the where do you see yourself in the next five years in this industry? Um, and what's some advice for new PTs? So, five years. Hopefully, uh, with another pro card under my belt, possibly a um, another title of some sort but more so learning, evolving. I'd like to finish my Australian nutrition degree. Um, yeah, I just want to still be learning. In five years time, I still want to be evolving. I don't want to be stagnant. And for any personal trainer that's starting out, don't rush into training a million clients by yourself. My biggest advice is learn from the best in the industry. Go and learn, go and work under them. Um, do course after course. Don't be scared to make mistakes. You're going to change with times. Um, and be kind to yourself because it's a bloody hard industry and burnout is fast and furious. So take time out. Be, be strong about what hours you're going to set, how much you're going to charge. Don't undercut yourself because you're undercutting the rest of the industry. And good luck. <laughs> Great. You heard it from Chantelle herself. Thank you so much for coming Thank on you. board. That's really fun. appreciate that. All right. Um, guys, you'll be able to find her. Um, I'll put your business bio in the um, bottom link of the um, podcast description. So please click on that, guys, and check her out. Cheers. Thanks, Cash. <laughs>